Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 48 of the LDS Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and today, as we tend to do on a Monday, uh, we have a little break from the Come Follow Me uh, study, partly so uh, we can have a bit of variety in what we're studying, but also so that I can have a bit of time just to get my head around the week's Come Follow Me uh, materials and plan, plan things for forthcoming episodes. And we usually share something from um, recent church news, uh, for example, the news that uh, the the Wi-Fi is changing at the church at, at the church meeting houses for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Shock horror, uh, but also you know that's uh, so we sometimes share um, news articles like that. For example, we talked a lot about the changes to the children and youth uh, program uh, for a few episodes, and uh, we talked about the changes to. Um, uh, the witnesses uh, at, the, at um, ordinances within the church and other things like that. Uh, we also sometimes talk about general conference talks, uh, which actually there is one that I still want to talk about, which I shared uh, as a talk very, fairly recently. So that's that's in the pipeline uh, from the re- most recent general conference in October 2019, as is the case uh, at this stage. Um, but and also sometimes we just share other uh, I share other articles that have piqued my interest. Last week, for example, I shared one about the lost 116 pages uh, by I think it was Don Bradley uh, who uh, gave some insights from his uh, research and study into the lost 116 pages. Um, this week, I wanted to share an an, uh, an article from the Enzyme which stood out to me, uh, and it was. I wouldn't say that it, you know, was had a direct impact in my life, but it made me consider things a lot more uh, around about uh, mental health uh, and about uh, how we are called to serve at uh, at church as well. Uh, so it's called "My Willing Heart, My Bishop, and My Schizophrenia" by Sarah P. Hancock, uh, and this is quite a well. Obviously, this episode deals with. Um, issues around mental health. So if you obviously you're listening to this podcast uh, and there are, you know, young ears involved, then, you know, obviously this, there's, there's nothing wrong in this, but it is, it is quite a deep and it's quite a, a meaningful story, this. Um, so I'm just going to quote various parts from the, from the article and just share my thoughts because it really had an impact as I was studying it. Uh, it's, she, she begins near the beginning about and explains her condition. She says, quote, I experienced symptoms of schizophrenia. The brain plays tricks on all five of my senses, bipolar disorder, dynamic shifts in mood, and catatonia, a shutdown of my ability to interact with the world around me. When the toxic encephalophony, toxins agitating the brain, is flared by my dietary choices or my infections. So basically, a lot to live with. uh, Close quote, sorry. So basically, a lot to live with there. And uh, there is obviously a lot around the label of schizophrenia and being schizophrenic. Uh, and she wanted to kind of work with that. So she goes on to explain that when um, uh, that she and her husband were given an opportunity to be the leaders of the 11-year-old scouts, they accepted the call and they were ready to serve and she wanted to do the best that she could. Um, <clears throat> but uh, something happened. So I'm going to quote from the article. Quote, arriving at church for our first night of scouts fully prepared, I felt cautiously optimistic about enjoying an evening with just three boys. But within the first 10 minutes, my acquired sensory processing disorder, a high sensitivity to input from the senses, was so overstimulated that it rendered me speechless. I was more focused on the rule requiring two leaders in the room than on the reality that if I did not get out of the room, I would become progressively worse. Consequently, surrounding by excited scout chatter, I quickly deteriorated. 
By the end of 60 minutes, I found myself rocking in the corner with my fingers in my ears, humming to calm my brain. Our bishop saw my husband help me out of the room and came over to ask how our first night of scouting went. I must have had a look of absolute terror in my tear-filled eyes. Scout noise echoed loudly in my head, even though they had long since departed. I was nearly speechless, responding with only dit, dit, dit. I stared at the ground, embarrassed by my incessant rocking and finger-snapping. I felt ashamed of the stigma attached to my diagnosis. My husband briefly explained my sensory processing disorder and schizophrenia to our bishop, while I silently questioned whether I'd done enough to allow the law to magnify my ability. I forced myself to look up into my bishop's eyes. To my surprise, they reflected compassion instead of pity or fear. He released me on the spot, apologised for apologising for the calling, and saying that the Lord called me to be a leader of 11-year-old scouts expecting only a heart willing to serve. The bishop then let me go home, requesting to speak with me the following Sunday after I recovered. At home, while I sequestered myself in a completely dark room with earplugs, my brain calmed enough to weaken the aura-like sensory intensity associated with overstimulation. Two hours after scouts, I regained my ability to communicate. Close quote. Uh, now, this is obviously quite a, it's quite a, well, a difficult thing to read. I mean, I can only imagine just the the suffering that was felt by the individual, um, by the husband, uh, by also the bishop, uh, and how uh, this was, you know, a very difficult uh, situation and moment for all, for all of them. Uh, not and not that it was anyone's fault, because of course, you know, the the um, I've forgotten her name. Uh, Sister Hancock just wanted to serve and do what the Lord had uh, called her, obviously called her to do. Uh, the husband obviously wanted to try and support her in, in fulfilling this call uh, and helping to her to do something which she was genuinely, genuinely excited and optimistic at doing. Uh, but also the bishop and how he had obviously felt the call, felt, felt the prompting to call her and her husband to serve in this capacity, um, but then realised that there was a, a significant. Um, inhibition that would that would have an impact on her it then continues <clears throat> quote in our meeting the following sunday my bishop explained the revelatory experience of of extending callings he said he would think of all the well-qualified people in the ward weighing everything he knew about them and would pray about it he then explained that he could only receive inspiration based on what he knew about an individual when he didn't have all the information he could call a person who was completely worthy of having that call, but physically incapable of, of fulfilling it. He said part of his training process as a bishop was to learn how to better ask the right questions to gather more information before taking the matter to the Lord. My bishop humbly explained that the Lord was working on training him to better meet the individual needs of the ward members. He went on to explain that because I knew of my illness and accepted the calling anyway, my sacrifice was akin to the sacred widow's might, for of my wants I did cast in all that I had. He said that my acceptance of the calling was more important than my actual ability to fulfil it, because the Lord understood my illness. He lovingly explained that part of the reason he'd been inspired to call me as a scout leader was that the Lord wanted the bishop to understand how willing I was to serve. He, he added that the Lord also wanted him to help me understand that I should never ever put a calling before my health. He said that in future, when any bishop extended a, extended a calling to me, I should tell him that my heart is ready and willing to serve, but that my body's limitations are such that I may not be able to do as my heart desires. It was a great learning experience for the both of us. Close quote. Um, 
and she then goes on to explain how you know she's then been given callings in the future and that she's been able to discuss this with her priesthood leaders and they've been able to find ways forward and that she's been able to serve with this willing heart that she has but also take into consideration the uh, the, the physical um, limitations that certain conditions had on her this you know i don't know why this stood out so much to me i suppose you know i i have a personal um uh, what's the word interaction with uh, mental illness with members of my family uh, and things like that I suppose that maybe that's why it had an impact uh, also just because I've kind of been in that process um, within my calling where I've been in processes where there are um, ways in which or ways how a revelation has been sought for the calling of an, of an individual and then perhaps because something wasn't known to those to those presiding authorities who made those decisions um you know it, it's not quite worked out the way that it was intended to some many people that i love uh, you know that there's been um times where a calling's been extended they, they've wanted to accept that call by the lord but because obviously they perhaps aren't aware of of the limitations that they have, or or or, or either the the priesthood leader isn't aware of them, and therefore, you know that isn't part of their thought process. It just doesn't work out, and then it'd be very easy then to question, well, you know, is the Lord behind it? Is He really calling these people? And of course, the Lord will not spell out for us every single thing that we're required to do. We are we we are required to ask the right questions, to seek diligently and carefully. The, 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 the requirements uh, of and, and the capabilities of the various individuals before we then go to him in prayer and seek that that um, kind of affirmation by the spirit and I think that you know it, it I don't know it just stood out to me uh, and so I'd really recommend you having a look at this yourself and studying it again it's called my willing heart my bishop and my schizophrenia and that's in the February 2020 enzyme uh, something that stood out to me and I hope that um, you know it may have absolutely no interest uh, you may absolutely have no interest in it whatsoever or may have found nothing found nothing useful in it for you but I certainly found it very um, you know it had an impact and it made me kind of ponder and reflect on things for the future as well. So uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the study today uh, and that uh, you found it interesting. And please do share at mattsroberts90 on Twitter or email ldsstudysession um, at gmail.com if there's anything that you've been studying that you'd like to share. And I'd love to share it on a future podcast episode. Thank you again for listening. And until we meet again.